0: Just a
1: bit outside. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. Call me the money! Call now at 615-844-5600. Oh, do you there? Now, the McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin.
2: And a good Wednesday afternoon to you. And yes, it is time for the McFarland Show. Here on WNSR, Darren and Justin here live. Yes, sir. Strike and spare family fun center studio. This is not a recording. We're coming at you live. Yeah. Uh, why would it be a recording? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Just, just okay. sounded good. Okay. you just, just build it up. Just, it just sounds better.
3: Bill, o- Bill O'Reilly style. we are doing it live. We'll do it live.
2: For people who haven't seen that uh, blooper video, <laughs> that that real, yeah, it's um it's quite funny. It's been out there for years. It's been and out years. there a long time. Yeah, it
3: has. Bill O'Reilly had hair. That's how long it's been
2: out. Forget about it. We'll do it live. He's trying to cut promos or, <laughs> it's just a cluster. So anyway, yeah. Devlin is alongside. He is not a McFarland. He's a cousin, but he'll be with us for the next two hours. And we got a lot in store for you. We'll head to Lexington here in about 10 minutes. We'll catch up with Kevin Ingram. Tonight, Vanderbilt at Rupp Arena to take on the Wildcats. It'll be a 6 o'clock tip our time. And I believe that game is on SEC Network.
3: I believe you are is correct, that, sir?
2: yeah Yeah, SEC Network. 6 o'clock. Last night, Tennessee... Beat up on Arkansas and Knoxville, but unfortunately the win came at a cost. <sighs> Zakai Ziegler goes down early on in the game. Uh, this is not good. Non-contact. I'm not a doctor in real life. Yeah. I'm not a doctor on the radio, but I do specialize in knees. My own. Yeah. My own knees. Yeah. And my knees suck. Yes. They've always sucked. You've and so that. I've had lots of issues over the years With my knees, including tearing my ACL twice on my right knee. Mm. Torn meniscus on my left knee. Mm. In fact, I currently am walking around on a torn ACL on my right knee, and I'm not getting it fixed. Why? Because my orthopedic surgeon, who's been doing my knee surgeries for almost 20 years, said, your knees suck. You're going to need knee replacement one day, so you might as well wait.
3: Not fixing it.
2: So... I listened to him and said, fine, I don't want to go through that rehab. Okay. okay. No problem. Yes, I'll wait. Then I realized there's a whole community of people out there walking around on torn ACLs. Hmm. Lots and lots. I had no idea. I thought, you get, your torn, you get your ACL torn, you get it fixed. Yeah. Which is what I did the first go around back 17, 18 years ago. Okay. And uh, that rehab was awful. Hmm. I mean, awful. Mm. Maybe it's gotten better in seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, maybe years.
3: it's, you know, what do they call it, liposcopic now? Maybe they don't have to slice you all the way open. Maybe they just, you know, do the small incision. Oh, well, they
2: did that then. Oh, and it still yeah, sucked. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, back in the day, what you're talking about, they, they just laid your knee wide open. Yeah. Like they a flap. Yep. Cut it. Go in there, do what like they need f- to do, right, sew it up. And sew it back up. Yeah. Yeah, no, those, those days have been gone. Okay. Forgot- that was like your dad. Okay. And my dad. Okay. okay, That was those days. So
3: we're still doing these smaller incisions, yes. and we're still having, okay. So have you escaped any knee injuries your whole life? I had my knee drained.
2: Okay. That's...
3: Um, when I was uh, a teenager. Okay. It swole up to the, about the size of a grapefruit. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and I still have problems with that same knee to this day. Um, if we're in a long car ride or a plane ride, I have to get the outside... I have to be able to stretch it out. If yes. not, the pain, it takes, for me, about 45 minutes to an hour of it sitting still in that 90-degree position. But if it sits in that 90-degree position for 45 minutes or longer, the pain starts to build really quickly.
2: It, um, it's interesting you say that. Yeah. I've got a threshold, of and this is something, luckily, that my wife is cool about because she's not— exactly fond of long car rides either i i've got seven maybe eight hours max in me really i have seven okay in me max if if it's a longer trip than that one we typically are flying we're not we're not driving we're yeah. not big drivers across the country yeah although we will be going to Omaha on june okay we are driving there because it's a baseball trip so sure, sure, it, sure. i don't really want to lug all that stuff on a plane yeah so we're gonna drive but we're going to split it up. Like yeah. there, There's no driving straight to Omaha Yeah, and driving straight back. Yeah. No. There's going to be stops. Yeah. Go in there. We'll probably go a little bit past St. Louis. We'll go five, five and a half hours. Stop. Yeah. And then get up and finish it off the next morning. Same thing coming back. Get to close to St. Louis yeah. and stop and then finish it out. Because I, like you, I just can't. My knees, I can't do it.
3: No, my knees start screaming. Now, for me, I don't need to stop overnight. I just need to stretch it out for about 20 minutes, and then I'm good for another 45 to an hour before I've got to stretch it out again. Uh, And this has been an issue with me, you know, for a little while. But if I'm driving, it's okay because I can get full extension if I'm driving. If I've got the outside outside aisle on a plane, I just have to get it extended. I don't care how it happens. I just got I don't have to stand up. I don't do I just can't leave it 90 degrees for an hour or more or else it's rough stuff. Now I don't know what it is, you know, but it's the same need that I had drained a basketball injury in my case in high school. Yeah.
2: Uh, So I'm the same way. I just don't get out and stretch it and get back in. I get out and stretch it and get to the hotel room and stretch (laughs) it for good stretch it for the you rest of the it, night and then you stretch out and then i get in the car the next morning and we're back at it again you're back at it. yeah i don't get a. i don't do the rest area or just stop let me get out stretch it out and then get back at. no yeah. when i get out to stretch it we're we're walking up to the room to the yeah. hotel room yeah and that's, i'm calling it the the i just okay. can't do it like even seven hours like she knows it's like really like i'm like five six hours and i'm re- i can't i gotta get out of the car and i gotta stretch out for good we got to call it a, a trip, you know. Yeah. We got to call it a day in the car. Yeah. And then we'll get back at it. We'll tackle it in the morning.
3: Yeah. Okay. So we we have Let's that get the in reset common. button. Okay. So
2: I say all that to say this. Yeah. Again, talking about the balls now. Circle all the way back around. All the way back around. Let me land this plane. Sure. Okay. Runway's clear. Coming in for a landing. Yes. My opinion. If I'm just being totally honest, when I saw it last night. My first reaction was, he just tore his ACL. Mm. Just because I've seen it, I've done it, Yeah. and non-contact says a lot. Because that's how yeah. my mine yeah. just – they just pop. When they pop, when they go, they go. It does not – I was the first time I did it, you'll get a kick out of this, I was leaving the SEC men's basketball tournament in Atlanta in at it, the well, Georgia Dome. Georgia Dome. If you came out from the floor, from the media side on the floor, you had to walk up about – 6,000 steps to oh, get really? up to street level okay. if you ever did that, John. No. Okay? No. And I was walking up the steps to catch the bus to go back to the hotel, you know, where they had ever the media hotel, which sure. was the Marriott. Sure. And I was walking about halfway up. I was on step 842, mm. and it just went pop. And I was like, huh, that was weird. Man, that hurts. Mm. That's where I'm just walking up the steps. What?
3: I've only ever done football at the Georgia Dome. I've never done a basketball game oh. at the at the old now gone Georgia Dome.
2: With an hour or two, it was a, you know, it looked like it was a volleyball. My right knee was a volleyball. And I was like, "Oh, wow, I've really I've really messed this sucker up. I yeah. don't know what's going on here." Yeah. Had to drive all the way back home. That was brutal. Oof back to Nashville you get to the doctor there's not enough Advil for that I mean you drive it all the way back because was it painful was it hurting? oh I was yes they had to be killing yes him. Okay. kill him and so I knew I I, I called my just see geez, doctor, this was, no, on, pedic- this she's girlfriend probably girlfriend girlfriend,
3: girlfriend yeah.
2: this is where we probably aren't married yet okay and I was like hey yeah I've messed up my knee she's like what did you do you're covering a basketball tournament I was like I was walking up the steps walking, of the walking. Georgia Dome. Yes. I know Devlin. I, I it's okay to laugh. You, like, you
3: want it to be more heroic right, than that. Right. You want it to be you me chasing have a story. Down.
2: I saw this elderly elderly yes. lady getting her purse snack. I chased down the guy. I chased down the, I chased down the perk. I jumped on him and I messed up my knee. I tore my ACL chasing the perp down. No, I saw,
3: I saw someone falling from yeah. a you know certain distance, so I sprinted over to to, to help them and I tore my and ACL. No, no, no,
2: it's just walking up the steps of the Georgia Dome. Yeah, road. it was. It's not a glamour story, but it's true. Okay, and so you have to wait for the the fact that nothing has come out today again. Mm-hmm. I am like, eh. you know why? Because you got to wait till the swelling goes down to do the mri yeah those were my two experiences i did not know for days because you have to wait for days to get the mri for the swelling to go down now look that's joe public right yeah he's a he's an athlete at the university of tennessee yeah they'll probably drain him right they'll speed up the process yeah but the fact that we still don't know today tells me and i hope i'm wrong but it doesn't it doesn't look good.
3: We don't know or we haven't been told. And those are two different things. So to say we don't know, you know, us in the media or in the public is one thing to say they don't know is something very different. I think they probably know quite a bit sure. and just haven't, you know, of released or put it out there yet. Because
2: they won't until they do the MRI, Yeah, in my opinion. Sure. No, I understand. I'm not a doctor in real life. I'm not a doctor on the radio, although I am kind of playing one right now. That is my diagnosis. Okay. As just a person watching the game, that was my initial reaction of, oh, I've seen this before. I think he just tore his ACL. Then today, when nothing came out, I was like, oh. When you saw Hendon Hooker, did you think the same? Yes, because that was also yes, non-contact. I yes, I did. Okay. Yes, hundred percent. Okay, hundred percent. Okay. Yep. Fair enough. I, that's what I. I in fact, I told everybody when it happened. Yeah. That I was around, and later on, when I was getting text, I said that just again, my opinion. They've just lost him. He's yeah. he's got a torn ACL. I hope I'm wrong, but that's what it looked like to me. Yeah. To me. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong. Just the way he went. Now down we just and wait. And yeah. The twist and yeah. Look, non-contact. It just non-contact popped. It popped, Justin. Yeah. That's that's my opinion. Um, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. But either way, it doesn't look good for Ziegler being back anytime soon. No. With the SEC men's basketball tournament lurking around the corner, that's, A week away.
3: That's just brutal. A week away. That's brutal.
2: All right, we'll come back. Speaking of college hoops, let's head to Lexington. Kevin Ingram, the voice of Vanderbilt basketball, is standing by at Rupp Arena tonight, six o'clock. Huge game for Vandy. Mm-hmm. Huge game for Vanderbilt. Huge game for Kentucky. Let's be honest. We'll talk to Kevin Ingram next here on the McFarland Show, Nashville Sports Radio
5: Bundling home and car insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? They may drop little hints like... Beautiful day out. Even more beautiful since we saved by bundling our home and car insurance with GEICO. Or... Yard work is hard. Much harder than bundling with GEICO, which was easy.
6: Or it may be even subtler, like...
5: Speaking of burgers, we bundled our home and car insurance with GEICO and saved a
7: bunch of money.
5: Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors.
7: In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit givewestwood.org, givewestwood.org.
8: Slim's Tender Mac Bowls are back. We start with a three-cheese blend to make our delicious mac and top it with chopped hand-breaded tenders and Colby Jack cheese. Try the Tender Mac Bowl meal or the Buffalo Tender Mac Bowl meal both served with Texas toast and a medium drink. But hurry, they're only around for a limited time. Download the Slim Chickens
4: app to order and earn rewards. And now, Habit Inspected Property Solutions is reminding Americans to show support to the brave men and women who serve our U.S. military. This message is brought to you by veteran-owned and operated Habit Inspected Property Solutions. For residential home inspections, radon and air quality testing, or mold and thermal imaging, give the pros a call today at 615-527-8113. That's 615-527-8113. Habit Inspected Property Solutions. Proudly saluting our troops and veterans. They're professionals who care. Welcome back to the Strike and Spare Studios. You're listening to The McFarland Show with Darren McFarland and Fox 17's
2: Justin McFarland. Eerie. Very, very eerie on this gorgeous Wednesday here in Middle Tennessee. Back here on The McFarland mm-hmm. Show. Darren and Justin after this... Gorgeous for now. Be careful. Yep. Yeah, for you're right. Um, it's going to get messy probably for the next 48 hours. Yeah. It's gorgeous for now. So... I just played doctor on the radio. You did. Not wanting to be right and hadn't seen anything. Little did I know. Well, little did out. we know <laughs> yeah. that while we were talking about Zakai Ziegler.
3: The news was breaking. The news
2: was breaking. Yeah. And unfortunately, and I mean unfortunately, because I wanted to be wrong. It is a torn ACL. So he's done.
10: Mm-mm-mm.
2: His season Mm-mm. comes to an end.
3: You know, and I just want to put this out real quick because I know we need to get to, to Kevin here. But uh, Ziegler averaged ten point seven points a game, five point four assists, and nearly thirty minutes of ball uh, in his sophomore season. So that is a significant loss in production, playing time, and chemistry for this basketball team that they're going to have to find here as we begin March. That mm. that's that's tough.
2: Tough news for Tennessee basketball, as as you just said. We start the month of March. It is a huge college basketball month, and with that being said, let's head to Lexington, Kentucky, and Rupp Arena tonight, 6 o'clock our time. They'll tip Kentucky and Vanderbilt, the man who will be calling the game for Vandy basketball, Kevin Ingram, joins us. Kevin, what's going on?
11: Not a lot. Uh, boy, I had not heard that about Savier Wheeler. Uh, Savier Wheeler is also injured, but uh, but, uh, I should say uh, being out for the season. Uh, anyway, he was hurt last night. They had feared the worst. Man, all, all the best to that guy. Uh, you know, really good player, and, and it seems like a good dude, and I know his family's been through a lot. So, uh, speedy recovery, to a guy for sure.
2: Kevin, I used the whole first segment to say I'm not a doctor. Um, I'm just someone who has sucky knees, and my knees have always sucked. And so, I've had lots of knee injuries, and I was just giving my honest assessment. When I saw it last night, I was like, oh, crap, ACL. yeah. It's, yeah. uh, it stinks. That's a big – because that guy is their floor general, right? That's a big for sure. loss mm-hmm. for oh, them. Yeah. yeah, Big loss for them. Nice rebound for Vanderbilt after the shocking loss to LSU. I mean, I, I have to be honest. I, I really felt like we were going to be talking about a team that had won seven in a row as we sit here and talk to you going into this Kentucky game. That didn't happen. Uh, but nice rebound at home Saturday night against Florida.
11: Yeah, it really was, Darren. They played well, uh, 188-72, to and you know, made some threes, made some timely threes down the stretch. Liam Robbins hit the one over Chitobo, and then Trey Thomas made a big one coming off the screen, and those were shots that really put the game out of reach. But Vanderbilt played good defense, and they had good balance in terms of scoring. They had six guys in double figures. We saw... Uh, Saw Miles Studi hit three threes. That that had uh, been something that had been a little bit of a struggle for him. A guy who's a really good shooter, right around 40% from three for the season. So, yeah, there are a lot of good things coming out of that one. Uh, I rebounded Florida 42-31 at 13 offensive boards and good on second chance points. So, yeah, that one uh, felt like a nice bounce back. And one thing this team's done really well this season is when things have gone wrong, they've been pretty resilient about turning it around, and they were able to do that after a tough one at LSU a week ago.
2: Yeah, and you know it's it's pretty amazing. The turnaround came from virtually an impossible stretch, right? A stretch of three games: Kentucky at A and M at Alabama, right? That's that's three games in a row that most teams in the country drop two of three, right? If not all three. I mean, yeah, there were
11: there was a stretch there where they played about four or five games, and like four of the teams were ranked, and the other one was Kentucky. (laughs) And <laughs> so uh yeah, they had a it was a really tough stretch in January. So we saw Alabama twice and you know, we've seen Tennessee twice, this will be Kentucky twice, off Florida and South Carolina two times each. So uh, you know, it's the it, January is really difficult, but then Vanderbilt played really well in February. You only lost one game for the entire month and that was one at L S U last week when K J Williams just went nuts in that game. He's a terrific player. I'd seen him play a lot at Murray State and uh, he just had a big night. It was one of those games where he just hit everything he threw up there and scored 35. And uh, a little bit of foul difficulty with Ezra Magnon in the first half uh, was was costly for Vanderbilt. But yeah, they uh, they turned it around. And uh, this team really has been playing some very good basketball over this stretch of the last month. And now you got two games to go here at Kentucky tonight and then playing at Mississippi State on Saturday and heading to the SEC tournament after that.
2: I'll tell you what's what jumps out to me, Kevin. Vanderbilt has had to play Tennessee twice. Alabama twice, and they're about to play Kentucky twice in the same season. Uh, the schedule did not do them any favors. That's brutal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, now
11: mm-hmm. the the Kentucky and Tennessee part of this—that's every year. You know, you have. To I understand. Twice. Yeah. Twice, yeah, and Florida's the other one for Vanderbilt. You would play all three of those teams twice every season, but yeah, it was a nice uh, present from the SEC that the scheduling <laughs> fell to where this was the year that you play an Alabama team that's been ranked in the top five all season. You play those guys twice, and mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a, that's a tall order, no matter uh, no matter who you are. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's been a tough schedule, but uh, it, it felt like it gave you an opportunity for some wins in February and just won some big home games, won some close ones. But Buster beat her against Tennessee and beat Auburn right at the end as well. And those are really nice wins. They've been able to end some streaks against teams they hadn't beaten in, in years. When um, you think about uh, the streak they ended against Tennessee and the same thing for Auburn and the same thing against Florida, and I'm kind of hoping to do the same tonight here in Lexington.
2: Yeah, that sounds like a, a present from the movie Caddyshack in the pool. That's what it sounds like.
11: <laughs> right, right, uh, exactly. You're drained the pool.
2: <laughs> As we're about to close the book on this regular season before everybody heads to Nashville for the SEC men's basketball tournament, uh, you know, I've had this thought here for a, a bit now, I feel like if you could morph two teams and really have a, a team that could vie for a national championship, I feel like if you could, if you could merge Vandy's offense with Tennessee's defense, you might have a perfect <laughs> team in the country.
11: Yeah, yeah, well, it would really be a heck of a squad win and I said the same thing about Tennessee and Alabama back earlier in the season where you know if you if Alabama and Tennessee can make a trade for a couple of guys you could probably have two teams that could go to the final four. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think I think if you can merge uh, merge those two squads you're talking about that there might be a a uh, heck of a squad that you could uh, go a long way in the tournament with. But I think for this Vanderbilt team, as much as everybody's seen the offense, the defense has really been pretty good too. And uh, Ezra Mignone is such a good on-ball defender. And Liam Robbins has racked up 14 block shots over the last two games. Even in the loss at LSU, he had a almost triple-double in that game with nine blocks, which was the highest or matched the highest anybody in college basketball has had this season. So he, he's been awesome on both ends, whether it's scoring or shooting threes or on the other end blocking shots and, and preventing baskets without fouling. He's done a great job. and i got to think when the all-conference teams are announced next week, you're going to see Liam Robbins and Ezra Magnon in the mix there somewhere because they, they have both been outstanding during SEC play.
2: As you know, Kevin, this is a a tough place to play, even if it's maybe a Kentucky team not ranked in the top five or top ten. It's still a tough place to play, as Auburn found out over the weekend. They got annihilated by John Calipari and the Wildcats. They've put together four wins in a row, and this one's going to be tough, right? I mean, this this Kentucky team has been up and down all season, but I don't know. Maybe they're starting to get right. Uh, You're starting to get more production out of – you know, they – They felt like coming into the season, it had to be Sheboygan to give them everything. And I think they're now learning they can get production elsewhere. What challenges does this Kentucky team present for Vanderbilt tonight?
11: Yeah, I think for this Kentucky team, you know, you look over the last four or five games, they have five players averaging double figures. And they're also way over in in rebounding margin at plus 12 and shooting almost 40% from three. Uh, They they found combinations that work. And I, I just. I thought all along they had talented guys just maybe figuring out how to make it all work together. I really like Antonio Reeves, uh, the Illinois State transfer, and the game in Nashville when Vanderbilt played, he came in off the bench and really gave him a spark, and and now he's moved into the starting lineup and is playing well there, and you look at the game against Auburn the other day, had 21 points at four threes, and you look at plus minus in that game, he was plus 40. Uh, you have guys Case and Wallace was plus 42 Shebway was plus 36 he had Toppin at plus 37 so they're getting a lot of good production I, I, Toppin's another guy who's a good player 13 points and 12 rebounds and had 5 assists in that game against Auburn so they feel it feels like for them they got things clicking a little and Chris Livingston the freshman's played well and um, you know, all that to go with Shibwe And you've had guys injured Wheeler's been out, he continues to be out I think he has some sort of uh, medical procedure That's going to keep him out for a while longer To go with the ankle injury And C.J. Frederick, who's a really good shooter But uh, he's been limited by injuries too But it seems like John has found that combination that works And they've reeled off four wins in a row And all of a sudden they're right here with a chance to, uh, to clinch a three seed in the SEC So well, like Vanderbilt, we talked about the Commodores Playing their best basketball at the right time It feels like Kentucky's doing the same thing
3: Kevin, I have been to a lot of places, done a lot of cool things. I have never been to Rump Arena in Lexington. Um, And actually, I've never been to Lexington, period. So, no, I have not been to Rump Arena, certainly. Uh, Talk to me about how special of a place it, it really is, or is it really more mystique than actual magic that is up there?
11: Uh, yeah, Justin, I, I think a lot of times good teams make good arenas, and, and Kentucky's had good teams for years and years. It, it's a really cool place, and especially, and, and Darren can attest to this, uh, you grow up in Kentucky, and it, it's a really big deal to, to go to a game there and certainly to call a game there. Uh, this will be the third time I've done done a game. I did one with uh, Belmont, and this will be two with Vanderbilt. and I have been to lots of games there, covered games there, I've been to the state tournament. I, I tell you what, I think the best thing I ever saw at Rupp Arena, though, and I was thinking about this earlier, because I was looking at around where we sat 30 years ago, I saw a Metallica show at Rupp Arena when, when the black (laughs) album was out and that might be the best thing I've seen of any of it, basketball or otherwise at Rupp Arena. Um, Nice. I mean, we were, we were down really low and like James Hetfield was just like right there. It would have, super cool i'm i'm totally getting off topic here um, <laughs> you just went back <laughs> at, no. you
2: just geeked out didn't
11: you that yeah, was that was pretty I, I funny did, man. probably seen so some I, future I
3: hall of famers my- there and no no metallica <laughs> <laughs> that's what jumps out i was
11: just texting with my buddy i went to that show with earlier yeah. and uh we were talking about how some some friend of his we wrote up with and this dude had like this old like trans am or something and so And the dude drove like 100 miles an hour up 65 in the Bluegrass Parkway from Bowling Green to Lexington. I I didn't even think we were going to survive to even be there for the show, but, uh, yeah, we made it. It it was was pretty awesome.
2: Man, you certainly just stereotyped that that trip right there. (laughs) We jumped in the Trans Trans Am Am. (laughs) and headed to Lexington to see a Metallica show. Trans Am 30
10: years ago.
11: This, I mean, I don't know if that's a glimpse inside my life, but it, it probably is. Did, did you
3: did you pass the A team and Night Rider on the way there? Yeah, I think they
11: were on the parking lot. All, the <laughs> all yeah. right, Face and the boys are sitting
3: there in the row above us. <laughs> Look, let me uh let me ask you about. <laughs> and now I'm all thrown off topic here. All right, let me get back to what I was trying to ask you about, uh, and that is, you know, the people, folks like you, Kevin, you have the opportunity to travel. You have seen a lot of venues, a lot of places, a lot of things, and that's why I wanted to ask you about Rump Arena and mm-hmm. your whole experience there. But as someone who has been around sports for a long time, but not done the SEC circuit like you have. What is the bigger deal to the community, Kevin? Alabama football, Kentucky basketball.
11: It's really close, Justin. Uh, You know, both are... legendary programs in their own right. You know, I think the thing here in Kentucky, basketball is such a big deal, especially college basketball and, and high school basketball, too, for that matter. You know, They played the state tournament at Rupp Arena uh, most years, and that, that's really a cool thing. You, you go in there on a Thursday afternoon, there's 15,000 people watching a high school basketball game. That's really something. Do they still uh, do they, the
2: Sweet 16? Is that what you – they still yeah, do that? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Wow. They, they still
11: have, like, the this, this single-class tournament. You know, There's Man. not, like – you know, one A or two A or any of that. Everybody plays for the same uh, state championship, and it it's really special. That, that's a great event. Hmm. Um, but yeah, to, to go to Rupp, I always say, for, if you go to an, some average non-conference game on a, on a Tuesday night in November or December, it's not really cranked up. But if you come to Rupp Arena for a really big game and, uh, you know, say a big conference game or or something like that, it's one of the greatest places there is to watch basketball because the the fans are really into it, and they put the students down behind the goal in in recent years on that one end. And and I think about when I was in there earlier, some of the games that I had been to, in 1994 we drove through a big snowstorm, not in a Trans Am, but uh, we we went up (laughs) and saw Kentucky play play the Arkansas team that won the national championship that year, you know, the, the 40 minutes of hell and all that stuff. Uh, with, with Corliss Williamson and Scotty Thurman and Corey Beck and all those dudes, and but both those teams are ranked in the top five. And it was, it was, I mean, they just blew the lid off that place. And I'm seeing him play Louisville up here too. And, and, and Darren, you've been to lots of games here. It's just for for a, for a big game, it's really hard to match. And you know, as, if, I, if I think about the places that I've been that I thought were the biggest deal, um, I put Rupp on that list. I always say Allen Fieldhouse at Kansas is probably the best place I've seen a game. Uh, I've done a game at Duke. I've done a game in North Carolina. I've done one at Pauley Pavilion uh, at UCLA. I've been to, to Hinkle Fieldhouse. Um, those are some of the ones, maybe outside the SEC anyway, that, that really stand out. But, yeah, Rupp Arena is right up there when it comes to uh, college basketball atmospheres and
2: tradition and all those things. I've been thinking a lot about, honestly, just here recently about Rupp Arena and, and I don't get back there much. In fact, I'll tell you, the, the last game I was at, this is sad, but this is how little I get back there. I saw Kentucky and Tennessee when Bruce Pearl was the head coach at Tennessee. That was the last time I was in Rupp <laughs> Arena. But the reason I've been thinking about it is because here lately, on nights when there's really nothing going on, I've been watching Southern hoops. I don't know if you guys have been watching oh, yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. On it. SEC, yeah, network. SEC network. Yeah, man, man the eighties, great job. The eighties and the early nineties for SEC basketball was just ridiculous, right? Well, actually, seventies, eighties, early nineties. You know, the Dominique Wilkins and Charles Barkley, and it mm. was just on out in the Kentucky teams. It was just, and so I saw all those teams, and so I've been really thinking back of, of my childhood growing up in there going to games and seeing all those teams and players that i've been watching on southern hoops
11: it's a great show i've really enjoyed watching a lot of that too and i've said i've thought for a long time that the 90s was maybe the best basketball era ever for college hoops when you think about not not just in the sec but can you think about how it started out with those two great unlv teams the one that that blew out duke in 90 and the one that got beat by duke in 91 it was probably the better of the two teams and then you had Duke's dynasty, and you had the Arkansas championship, and then a runner-up, and then you had Kentucky coming within an overtime of three straight national titles. And then you had UConn sort of coming on the scene at the end of the decade. I mean, there were so many great players and great teams during that time. And uh, one of the ones I, I get a kick out of, I watched one the, the one the other night about uh, the '90s, like you were talking about, and they show that Mississippi State team that yep. made it to the Final Four in '96, and you know, they beat Kentucky in the uh, SEC championship game uh, that year. And and one of the star players of Dante, Dante Jones, Jones from yep. b- from Nashville. Yep. And uh, mm, you know my boy. wife grew up with him and uh, like went to elementary school with Dante Jones and it was it was pretty cool for her to sit and watch that and you know see him and, and remember those teams again. But and that was a really good Mississippi State team that made it a long way. Yes, and, it was. Um, you know, you the know the one I just our,
2: watched just, the LSU that. team, Kevin. Yeah, if you remember, too. LSU had lost to Kentucky three times that year Mm -hmm. they lost to him twice in the regular season lost to him the sec tournament and had to play him in the ncaa tournament to go to the final four they had to beat him four times and they lost ricky blanton ricky Ricky blanton Blanton up at the end yes and
11: and, you know they didn't show the last play because james blackman shot one from about midcourt they would have tied it almost went in and lsu won by two points And, and the part about that too that i don't even know that they mentioned was that Kentucky actually beat Alabama four times just to get to that. Point. That's they correct. They beat Alabama in the previous game. Yep. And and, and I, I hate to be that guy, but there was actually a, an error on that when they were talking about that. They said Auburn. It was actually Alabama uh, that, that was in that regional two there at the Omni in Atlantic. So Kentucky beat them in the previous game for the fourth time and then played LSU for the fourth time and, and lost. Uh, that was the first year that Eddie Sutton was a coach.
3: Kevin, I can't let you go without asking you about the uh, – the Vanderbilt, the one Vanderbilt player at the Combine right now, uh, Anthony uh, Orji that is up there, and he's a linebacker. Of course, I'm thinking about other linebackers from Vandy who've gone on to have nice NFL careers, including the likes of uh, Hunter Hillemeyer and you know, Jamie Winborn and Zach Cunningham. He's got a, a real chance to be that next guy, perhaps.
11: Yeah, I hope so. Uh, he really had a nice career for Vanderbilt, and uh, Anfernee, he- now, he and his brother were both part of the program, they're from Texas. The the thing I liked about him was his ability to go sideline to sideline. I mean, he could really move around. He's made a million tackles. And he was one of those guys that's just a tackling machine at that spot. But I think he has a real chance, you know, to go up there and impress some people and, and then have a chance to go to a camp and and see if he can make a team i'm sure he'll probably get drafted i'm i'm not mel Kuyper, but i i gotta think he'll get drafted somewhere but yeah he had, a, he had a terrific career for vanderbilt and uh looking forward to seeing what's ahead for him if uh, he goes and, and plays in the pros
2: kevin enjoy it tonight um it's gonna be a fun one i think i'm really intrigued by this game thanks for doing this we'll talk soon
11: hey anytime yeah it should be a fun matchup we'll have pregame at 5 30 central and uh tip off a little bit after 6 o'clock. So it should be fun to see uh, Liam and and our guys and Ezra against uh, Sheboygan and that Kentucky crew. It'll be a a cranked-up atmosphere, I'm sure, in there tonight.
2: No doubt about it. Kevin Ingram on the call tonight. Vanderbilt and Kentucky battling in Rupp Arena. We'll come back. Phone lines wide open the rest of the hour. 615-844-5600 is how you can get in touch with us. 615-844-5600. More of the McFarland Show next.
9: Say, for the ones who get it done, Granger is offering high quality supplies and solutions for every single industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and the experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people even safer. So, call, click, Granger.com, or just stop on by Granger.com.
10: no. State
3: forecast. Your exclusive National Sports Radio WNSR Skyscan Forecast. Today's going to be partly sunny with a stray afternoon shower, the high 80. Cloudy with showers likely tonight, a thunderstorm possible as well, the low 58. Cloud showers may be a thunderstorm Thursday, high 70. Utilizing the resources of the Motherbug Network on National Sports Radio, I'm WNSR's meteorologist Jim Rinaldi. Sports
10: Radio WNSR star
1: it's the Afternoon Stretch with Zach Williams and Bruno Reagan. When you picked up your first
3: girl in college or at the bar, what do you do for every girl you meet after that? You do the same thing. You're just like, this works. So Vrabel, he's like, well, we just have to keep trying to get back to this. So it, it makes sense to me.
8: That's why every time you go up to a girl's bar, you're just like,
1: please, please, come <laughs> please, please. It just worked that yeah. one. Afternoon Stretch. Afternoon Stretch with Zach Williams and Bruno Reagan. <laughs>
4: The McFarland Show, broadcasting live in Rutherford County on 107.9 FM.
2: Thank you, Big Voice Guy. Back here on the McFarland Show, 615-844-5600 is how you can get in touch with us. You can also watch us, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Darren and Justin here with you on this absolutely gorgeous Wednesday here in Middle Tennessee, but just be cognizant that the weather uh, could change yeah. here
3: soon. Around 6 p.m. this evening is when they expect the first of whatever it is that's going to happen to come by and see us.
2: Well, what's coming is a lot of rain and high winds and... A lot of bad stuff. And then I think a cold front after that,
10: right? A,
3: more of a cool, Friday. Let's call it a cool front than a cold front. I okay. mean, the highs are still going to be in the you know upper 50s, okay. lower 60s. It, we're not going back to highs of 35, it would seem, anymore. It, that It seems like that's
2: over. Okay. So Darren stick to knees and not weather.
3: I mean, yeah. I sit next to a weather guy for five hours, <laughs> five hours a day. So, you know, I have, you have a little small bit. <laughs> competitive advantage there than you just following your knee. I the would forecast, hope so. You know, so. Yeah, I, I would hope so. 37 weather models. <laughs> Literally, 37 five weather models. Five hours a day. Yeah.
2: Jeez. Between traffic and weather. You just walk out of there every day oh, man. going, man, I'm, I just I don't want to hear a thing about weather. I don't want to hear a thing about traffic.
3: You, truthfully, I go somewhere and don't talk for about five to seven minutes Yeah. Uh, after the show. I find a quiet place and just sit and not talk. Because, you know, it's not just talking, me talking. You're also listening to several other people doing, doing an enormous amount of talking as well. And I enjoy it. I'm not trying to say I'm trying to stop. I'm just trying to say after it's over. I go sit quietly for a few minutes.
2: You know what's interesting? I, I learned this a lot during COVID, even though I've known it for a long time. But we were always just so accustomed to being around people before the show, right? Because mm-hmm. you're all doing it together. Yeah. I learned, and I again, I knew this, but I didn't realize how big of a deal it was for me. I tend to be quiet before the show. I, you I do. tend not to say... I, I don't talk yeah. a lot. Yeah. Like some people, most people in this business, they can talk for four hours before yeah. their show. Yeah. Nonstop. Yeah. I tend to get quiet, like in the last hour.
10: Yeah.
3: I've noticed that.
2: About Why? You. I don't yeah. know. I have no idea. No, no, no. no idea. You don't need I've just always been reason. like that.
3: It's, it's okay.
2: Yeah. Don't know. I just I get quiet. It's
3: fine. You, you Maybe I'm
2: just saving. You're it. Gathering yourself. Yeah. It's fine. You're centering yourself. Just so. Bad news. Uh, tough news. Tennessee basketball program, Ziegler is lost for the season yeah. with a torn ACL. So, hate to hear that. the guy, Ziegler, suffered it last night in their win over Arkansas. Very convincing win, by the way. Yes. Over Arkansas yes. last night. All right, let's go to the phone lines. 844-5600. Let's bring up Tony. Tony, what's up?
0: Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon. And hey, uh, y'all were talking about the knees. Uh, a lot of people know my last name. A lot of people don't own these airways, but I'm a Beniza. And we have a saying in our family, you're not a real Beniza unless you've got knee or leg problems, and every one of us has knee or leg problems. Mm. I'm number seven of eight siblings, and every one of us has had some form of knee surgeries on both knees a lot of it's unbelievable If mm, <laughs> y'all were talking about that and I, I was actually laughing i thought oh this is great
2: this is, <laughs> this is unbelievable." what's your worst and, uh, knee injury well the
3: football injury mine right? we have to be the football injury at austin Peay, right tony
0: no that was uh i didn't know i got hurt in high school playing ball at overton okay that was my ankle injury but my worst knee injury Darren, you were talking about how they just go out. Yep. I was crossing 4th Avenue one day. was going to go to Varello's. I'm sorry I threw that out there, but sure. it's a great place to go eat chili. <laughs> and I was at the corner of 4th and Union, yep. went to shoot across the street, and, buddy, it just blew out. My mm. right knee, I went down the middle of the street. A 4 before black Chevy had to slam on his brakes Ooh. from running over me. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, it was awful. <laughs> and that, that's where it happened with me and yeah. then another time well, what was the diagnosis oh i blew out my men- uh, tore my meniscus meniscus okay tore it all up yep yeah okay. and then uh about four years later uh tore the left one okay blew it out yep and uh i've been fortunate no acl tears but i've tore meniscus twice on one and tore uh tore the other one on the on the left yeah been through there had the knee drainage i pulled off that fluid several oh, times oh yeah off me mean.
10: too me yeah too.
0: it's uh and one time I even decided, I said, I'm going to be tough. I'm not going to get the deadening. Ooh, I was grabbing every sheet, yeah, everything that's good. I yeah. could grab.
2: Yeah, it's not a needle. It's a sword. Okay, that's what they use. It's, yeah. a, sword. it's <laughs> a sword.
0: And Justin, it, yes, sir. It, it, they pull it out and it looks like corn oil.
3: <laughs> yes, sir. No, I've, I've had it done once. Yeah, it, it, you know, I, my mom was in the room and I remember my mom asking, does it have to be that big? Did you have something smaller? For, it was like, it's a lot of fluid. Yeah, we need something this
2: big. Yeah. This is when I knew my knee story was, you know, I was on to something. There's times that, you know, I, you know, I crack a joke or try to. I attempt to. You know, I've had some good lines. I look over. Devlin, crickets, I mean crickets, <laughs> and I think they're pretty funny stuff. I tell my ACL story walking up the steps of the Georgia Dome. He's in the floor holding his side, like it was the funniest thing he's ever heard, and I was like, Yeah. I think
3: he's imagining the visual. <laughs> the visual when they, of they, you they at the Georgia Dome off
0: of me draining one knee, and uh, one day, and I thought, Well, that
10: wasn't too bad.
0: They said we're not through yet. They went to reach Red Seck when that's when I knew it was somehow. <laughs> But I don't mean to bore your listeners with all this kind of stuff, but a lot of these stories do, they do get comfortable. Guys, I saw something last night that I was startled by. Mm-hmm. And, Justin, it might have been on 17 on the, the nope. newscast. Come on with it. We had 67% increase in betting revenues in the oh. state from 2021. billion. That's correct, sir. Unbelievable numbers. And that is a lot of people out there betting. And it's unbelievable the numbers. They're staggering.
3: Yeah, the state's going to have to hire more people, which is why we were doing the story. The state is requesting more money to hire more people to be able to, to, to process all the things going on with sports betting here in the state.
0: And I find it interesting. Only five percent goes to somewhat gambling anonymous.
3: <laughs> yeah, Tennessee red line. Yeah. That's what they that's yeah, what they put together. Yes, sir.
0: And uh, but at least they get something on that. And hopefully that fifteen percent that's supposed to go to local governments for uh, infrastructure, yes, hopefully sir. it goes where it's intended to. Let's hope well, that too. I well,
2: I mean, they've they've gotten millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars over the years from the lottery. So I suspect that's absolutely, all
3: that money has gone to you know, Tennessee the Promise or you know yep.
2: that too. Yeah. Let, but, let me just say this real quick, Tony. Okay, I, I, and I get it. I, I'm going to defend this, um, but and that's take it however you want. But I, I know it's serious, and I know that gambling is an addiction and all that stuff. I got it. OK, but if the beer companies, if they told you all their sales in the state of Tennessee or hard liquor told you all their sales in the state of Tennessee, I mean, you probably have the same reaction, wouldn't you, of how much Very beer is sold point. in this state? And the point is, it's just out there in front of us. That's it. If the we'll other numbers were out there in fan. front of us, we don't say, well, jeez. I mean, do do all the beer companies? I don't know the answer to this. Justin, help sure. me out. Do they do they uh, help out with AA? I mean, do they donate money through? I mean, why why is it only up to you know the sports betting companies to do something with gamblers or not? Are the beer companies? Are the alcohol? I mean, what what is their responsibility? It's the point is all this stuff is there, and look, it's up to you to be a responsible adult. Some people, most people, can. Some people cannot, okay? They can't handle it. I agree. And it becomes an addiction, and I get it. And I feel bad for I'll them. I agree. And it ruins people's lives. I understand that. But, mm. I mean, it's it's no I'm different right than the other you, stuff.
0: I, I'll agree exactly what you're saying. I mean, I'm right there, you know, in your corner, tag team corner on that. I mean, you're right. You're absolutely right. Guys, let me ask you one other thing, Change of gears here. Uh, four coaches of UT's previous – Football teams were found. Y'all, help me out with this story. Was found guilty of show calls, a three to five year penalties on some of them.
2: Yeah, recruiting violations. Yeah, show Generally calls.
0: Beforehand, wouldn't the universities also get penalized for those type of infractions? But did Tennessee do enough? Is was there part of the helping the infractions was? Having former to step down and doing what, you know, and getting rid of these coaches. Was that part of the NCAA agreement with them that why they were not put on probation? Well, didn't they also
2: pull themselves from bowl contention, which was comical because they weren't gonna go to a bowl? Yeah, they
0: weren't going anyway. Right. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Jeremy Pruitt, it's the gift that just keeps on giving to Knoxville.
0: Yeah, and he just won't go away. He's like that picture of uh everybody you know you buy a house sometimes there's that old picture hanging on the wall and everybody tries to throw it away and it won't it always seems to reappear
10: yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> that's that is. pictures of jeremy pruitt tony appreciate right. the that's phone true. call as one always. last shout out one yep. last
0: shout out enrique bradfield congratulations on breaking the thunderbilt all-time stolen base record stood for 42 years and uh he uh, he broke it uh, the other day, so I, I wanted that. to throw yeah. it out there. I never heard uh, anybody mention that. So I mean, what a special commodity you have when you got. that And that the old saying and coaches say one thing you can't coach is
2: speed. Speed. Yep, he's and speed kills too. By the way, he he's can. he's a tremendous athlete. Thank you, Tony. Uh, by the way, nice comeback for Vanderbilt. Sorry, Tony, earmuffs over Austin P. Austin P was in control yeah. yesterday. I think 5-1, 5, won, five nothing. Couldn't hold him. And Vandy uh, opened it up in the 7th, I think, and uh, went on to an 11-7 victory over Austin P. All right, we'll come back and wrap up the first hour of the McFarland Show next.
8: What happens to your decision-making when you drink? Well, after one drink, you feel confident. A few more, and calling your ex at 1 a.m. seems like a great idea. And you're pretty sure the secret to a great taco is four day old macaroni the bottom line drunk you doesn't make great decisions so you're risking a dui or worse if you count on him to get you home plan before you party get home safe paid for by the tennessee highway safety office Are you tired of your current vehicle? Maybe looking for a new or pre-owned vehicle? Hey guys, it's Zach. Hayes Nissan of Rivergate is the best choice for your vehicle needs. Located at 1550 Galton Pike North in Madison, Hayes Nissan of Rivergate has been serving the Middle Tennessee community for over three decades. That gives you confidence that Hayes Nissan of Rivergate can find the perfect vehicle for your lifestyle and your budget. Their friendly and knowledgeable staff will make sure you are taken care of. I should know because I've seen it firsthand. Every vehicle I've purchased has been from Hayes, Nissan, of Rivergate, and I love the entire process. Now, I don't want you to forget about their award-winning parts and service department. It has everything you need to get you back on the road. Go visit them on the web at NissanRivergate.com. They're open there 24-7, 365 days a year. Or give them a call at 615-865-7220. Again, that number is 615-865-7220. That's Hayes, Nissan, of Rivergate, where your dollar always goes farther.
4: I'm here at the Big Game Headquarters. Total Wine & More scoring huge savings on the perfect bourbon. Local craft beer.
1: Forgetting something?
4: Oh, yeah. Cabernet, seltzers, and so many low prices.
7: Mm, Valentine's Day is right after.
4: Whoa. New game plan.
7: You got this. Total wine can help you score the perfect bubbly too.
4: <sighs> Thank you. I would have been so
7: You sure would've.
4: Your big game headquarters. Love what you find, always at the lowest price. Only a total wine and more. Drink responsibly. V21.
7: Milk, eggs, 42 bucks. Ma'am, you okay?
5: Need bucks? With Jackson Hewitt, don't wait weeks for the IRS to send your tax refund. Come in now for up to $3,500 with a no interest, no fee refund advance loan when you file your taxes. That's up to $3,500 today. Don't let high prices get you down. When every dollar matters, it matters who does your taxes. So get to Jackson Hewitt today. eligible clients, loans by Republic Bank and Trust Company. Details at JacksonHewitt.com.
4: Brad Fowler, Century 21 Right Realty is reminding motorists to slow down on our roadways, keep an eye out for kids at play, and never text and drive. Brad Fowler, Century 21 Right Realty is our area's premier and most trusted real estate professional, backed by years of experience. So if you're buying, selling, moving, or improving, give the pros a call today at 615-519-3339. Brad Fowler, Century 21 Right reality, a professional who cares.
0: You know, it's never too late to start feeling some March badness. Be sure not to miss out on all the action at the High Valley Conference Basketball Championship presented by United Fidelity Bank as they return to Ford Center in downtown Evansville from March 1st through the 4th as the first week of entries into the NCAA basketball tournaments are crowned. All session tickets and single-game tickets are on sale through each OVC school ticket office, Ticketmaster.com, and the Ford Center box office. Visit ovcsports.com forward slash Evansville for more details and be there to OVC it in
4: person. You're listening to The McFarland Show live on WNSR Nashville Sports Radio.
2: Alex Doherty's going to join us coming up here shortly. We're going to talk about the Preds. Yeah, a lot to get into. Boy, we said they weren't going to be done. And they, they weren't. They were not done. No. After we got off the air yesterday, it's probably within a couple of hours. A couple of hours. Or actually, it was less than that. It was probably an hour after we got off the air. Yeah. Matias Ekholm. Traded to Edmonton. Another haul. I, I, I'm not sure they're done still. Yeah. Trade deadline is Friday.
3: I didn't realize he had been here as long as he had.
2: Yeah, he spent his entire career. Yeah. What, 12, 12 years. 12 years. 12 years, years. Yeah, yeah. Man. Great. Look, he's a great guy. Yeah. Great guy. Tremendous hockey player. A great, great guy to deal with. I'll tell you what I appreciated about Matias Ekholm so much. And you know this from covering sports. Mm-hmm. A lot of times teams do a disservice with athletes. Like they, they, You know, when things aren't going well, they try to shield them, right? Oh, yeah. Them, well, right.
3: We don't know if he's going to be available uh, today. You know, uh, just, he's getting oh, treatment.
2: Heaven forbid that professional athlete talk when things aren't great. Mm. Oh, mm. man. Gosh. Matthias Ekholm, he's a guy you can put him in any situation. And whether things are going great. Things are going okay, or things are going flat out lousy. Matthias Ekholm will stand up there like a pro, and he'll talk. Mm. And that's what I always appreciated about him. Other, you know, also what I just said. He's a, he's a tremendous guy, but he is a pro's pro. Yeah. He will stand up there and answer all the questions and treat you with respect, listen to your questions and give you a thoughtful answer. Whether things were awesome, whether things were eh. Or whether things were crap. Yeah. And that's what I always appreciated about Echo.
3: Predators probably bring him back at some point someday and, you know, give him a thank you or something like that. Have a day or whatever it is. Uh, just to honor him. Honor Twelve years is a long time to be in any professional sports team at all. Twelve years leaves a mark for sure.
2: You asked about that round. There you go. There's, There's a product another round. Right Okay. There. I think he was fourth round. Okay. There you go. All right, we'll come back. Alex Doherty covers the Preds for a to z sports we will talk to him to kick off the second hour that's next
7: ABC News. I'm Michelle Franzen. At a Senate Judiciary Committee hearing today, Attorney General Merrick Garland briefed lawmakers on his department, including the separate special counsel investigations for President Biden and former President Trump related to the handling of classified documents. Garland praised DOJ workers for upholding the rule of law. They have
5: conducted themselves with the utmost integrity without regard to any partisan or other inappropriate influences.
7: Garland also told the committee that police need additional tools to deal with sales of illegal drugs taking place on social media platforms. In Greece, 38 people now dead following that head-on train collision north of Athens. Between a passenger and freight train, dozens of others were injured. Drug maker Eli Lilly has announced it will slash insulin prices by 70 percent and is putting a $35 monthly cap on out-of-pocket costs for patients. That move comes as federal government is pushing Republicans to expand the new $35 cap on insulin. This is ABC News. I had a nighttime routine for my frequent heartburn. I would drink milk. I would sleep upright with more
1: pillows. But that painful burning stayed. So I made Prilosec OTC part of my morning routine. With just one pill each morning, Prilosec OTC prevents excess
7: acid production, blocking heartburn day and night. Now I have a new nighttime routine. I call it sleeping.
5: One pill a day, 24 hours, zero heartburn. With Prilosec OTC, it's possible while taking Prilosec OTC. Use as directed for 14 days to treat frequent heartburn, not for immediate relief.
6: I'm Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I learned about atrial fibrillation the hard way. My symptoms would come and go. Shortness of breath, fatigue,
1: Prescription products require an online consultation
4: with a healthcare provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Subscription required.
12: Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same but is 90% cheaper and you can get it online? Just go to 4 slash joy. At HIMS, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the biggest brands at 90% off. That's right, get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as brand name Viagra, but 90% cheaper. It's the same medication you get from your doctor, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address: forhims.com/joy. That's forhims.com/joy for your free online visit. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash J-O-Y.
1: Listen, you can't handle the truth. It's about to go off. Live from the WNSR's Strike and Spare Studios.
0: Just a bit outside.
1: Now back to the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. Throw me the money! Call now at 615-844-5600. Alrighty then. Now the McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin.
2: Second hour, McFarland Show rolling along here on this Wednesday afternoon. Preds fall 3-1 last night at Bridgeton Arena. Final game of the month of February. Pittsburgh gets three goals in the third period after the Predators broke through first in the third. It was yeah. scoreless through 40 minutes. Jankowski gets the goal to give the Preds a lead, and they were unable to hold on. Sidney Crosby, boo, um, ties it up. Zucker gets the game winner. And then Rust, uh, I think, had the empty netter there at the end um, with a couple seconds left to make it a 3-1 Penguins win. Alex Doherty covers the Preds for A to Z Sports. He now joins us. Alex, what's going on?
13: Not much. How are you guys doing?
2: Well, doing good, man. I guess let's just start with all the carnage, right? Yeah. And I guess the carnage wasn't (laughs) done after we got off the air yesterday, and we knew that it wasn't going to be done, um, or we suspected. I shouldn't say we knew. We suspected more was to come, and we talked about that yesterday. Mm. And we knew. Uh, and I said this yesterday. Look, you bring in foot uh, a defenseman's going, and in fact, we even took a call and said, "What about McDonough or Ekholm or Fabro?" And I said, "I don't believe McDonough's going anywhere. I just think, unfortunately, his you know his contract for them is probably going to keep him." Put here. Eckholm, you've heard the stuff for a long time. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody was willing to step out there and, and give them a haul. And, you know, the Fabro stuff has been pretty easy to connect that dot. Well, I guess Edmonton was really willing to step out there and give the Preds all that they wanted for that trade. What did you make of Matthias Eckholm, who has spent his entire career here, uh, you know, born and bred by the Nashville Predators organization?
13: Yeah, big big changes. Yeah, I, I think he he first uh, he was a, a full time player for the first time in 2013-14. Uh, so Barry Trotz's last year, and uh, and yeah, it's a changing of a guard. I mean, it, it's it's pretty remarkable that how long he's been here. It, it's kind of hard to believe. It, in in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. it feels like he just got here. But now he's you know he, he's like one of the more veteran players in the league. I mean, he's just like he he's been around so long. And and Roman Yossi after the game last night just seemed. Seem pretty down. I mean, like obviously the loss, but I think at this point it's pretty clear the season where the season's going, and it's much less about you know the, the performance of the of the team and more about building for the future. The Ekholm return, I, I you know I, I initially thought it wasn't that great, but then I went back and realized you know I I, had, I wrote a few weeks ago about what I thought they would get for Ekholm. I thought they would get a first round pick and a top prospect. They ended up getting the first round pick. They got a mid-level prospect in Reed Schaefer and then also a fourth round pick, um, which is not bad. I mean, like, that's that's a pretty good return. The Tyson Berry part of the return is very curious. And I think the initial thought from a lot of people was that they're going to flip him for something else and that, that they got him because they needed to make the money work for Edmonton. Uh and that Tyson Berry might be traded somewhere else but it doesn't sound like that's what's going to happen now I mean uh David Poyle was made available during the game last night to talk about the trade my uh partner in crime Sean Smith he he asked David Poyle that question is Tyson Berry someone that they're wanting to hold on to for next year and it sounds like he is Uh, I know David Poyle is probably not going to give away too much but it sounds like According to what he said, basically that he likes Tyson Berry's offensive output and his offense from the, the blue line, and and that's you know he's a little bit smaller of a cap hit from Matthias Ekholm, so that's nice. You do save a little bit of money, but the Tyson Berry addition is is an odd one. It's it, it's not a build for the future. He's 30 years old or 31 years old, but you know I guess they had to make the money work in order to get the first round pick.
2: Well, Calfoot made his debut last night. What did you think of him?
13: I thought he was okay. I, I I'm I hear so many mixed reviews about him. Me too.
2: Yeah. Me he too. Is a,
13: he is a big a big guy. Obviously comes from a, a good pedigree. Mm-hmm. Son of Adam Foot, and uh, I you know he's a big guy. I think that's that's a plus if you if you want to be big on defense. I just wonder about the skating. You know, I I just wonder the foot speed uh, offensively. Is he gonna be able to make it? Uh, I think he'll have to be protected with uh, a, a faster defenseman. I don't think Lozon and Foot is a pairing that I would continue doing for a while. I mean, <laughs> that's that's two bigger guys. I'm very physical, but I mean, if they get beat, they're going to get beat bad. So um, I, I I think it's okay. Work in progress. We'll see where it goes. He'll be cheaper uh, than than other defensemen, so that's something to to be okay with.
2: If there's another move in store, do you think it's it's a defenseman? Do you think it would be probably the logical choice that everybody would think that it's, you know, Dante Fabro?
13: Definitely. Yeah, it, it sounds like that's definitely that's where it's going. They have three restricted free agents at defense, Carrier, Fabro, and now Foot. I don't think they're going to keep all three, and Fabro is the most expensive of the three. They could trade him. I, I've heard San Jose – Maybe Vegas. I don't know. There's there's a lot of options, but there, there's there's definitely some teams out there that could use a player like Fabro and uh, be willing to pay him what he's owed for next year.
2: Yeah, um, I don't think they're – It's not going to be Carrier. I, I think it's pretty clear from people I've talked to. They they like Carrier a lot.
13: Carrier number one choice. Yeah, for sure. And, and I I think that makes the most sense. Carrier has made the most progress of those two. He's, he's developed to defer this. He had the injury of course. He seems to be back from that. But yeah, I mean Carey, 26 years old. Like I mean, that's still pretty young for a defenseman. You get another you could get another good 5 years out of Alex Carey and feel real good about that. I mean, where where he's at with this. He's not going to become a Roman Yossi. I mean, that's not that's not his path. He's going to be a top 4 guy and have a couple of good years and uh and if he just remains healthy, he's a he's a good choice to move forward with for sure.
2: Did they have pictures on the Tampa Bay Light? You know, maybe front execs, uh, front office execs in Tampa. Like, what? Everybody is at the same right. Everybody's come to the same conclusion. I, I've admitted several times that the first time I saw it on social media, I was like, fake account. That's just not real. That, that is a <laughs> fake account. Uh, and then I saw shortly after that, Elliot. Friedman put something out there, and I was like, holy crap, that was not a fake account. I didn't recognize that person. I can't remember the name again. I think it was Brendan or something. I can't remember who it was that I saw at first. But what are we all missing? Like, I get it. We, I think Tanner knows a good player. He had 24 goals last year. I get it. And the physicality, all the stuff he brings, we, we know. But to to get that kind of haul for him, I mean, I don't think anybody could have seen that. Why, why do you think – Tampa was willing to do that.
13: It was really interesting. So I, I had a, a couple of, uh, I had a couple of sources that I was communicating with that were giving me information about what was happening with the Tanner Jio trade, and the the one that really stood out to me, I was I was hearing that the ask for Nashville was two first round picks for Tanner Genoa. They were asking for two first round picks, and when I heard that, I was like, this can There's no way. There's no way they're asking for that. And then I, then I started hearing that the return was going to be a lot bigger than people thought. And then I was like, huh? Okay. And then, and then obviously from, from Elliot Friedman, we heard that it was going to be a a big return. And then, yeah, as soon as I saw the return come through, I was like, I I guess this is what they're talking about. This must be real. And uh, yeah, they, I joked that they basically acquired an entire draft class for Tanner, you I mean, like they, they got five picks out of that in a player. It's just, that's, that's crazy. You just don't see that. And, I, I do think that in Tampa, I think he will succeed. I almost think that he might be better in Tampa than he could have ever been in Nashville. Does that make sense? Probably doesn't say too many good things about Nashville. But, uh, I mean, at a place like Tampa, Tanner's knows probably going to become like a 20-goal scorer every year. I mean, he's just – he's that good. He's that skilled. He's that determined. And Tampa is that good at developing players. But is he really worth all that? I don't know. I, it doesn't seem like it to me, but, you know, they they – Obviously liked them a whole lot.
2: Justin knows we have fielded a lot of calls throughout the course of the season and you know, point blank asked, What do we think of this team? And my assessment is they've been underachieving. I think their talent is good enough to make the playoffs. And that was my stance for the entire year. And obviously the more the season went along, the more I started looking at myself, going, Self, are are you sure about your assessment of this team? Because obviously they just you know They've been what they've been all season. So why do you think this happened? Why why don't you – I mean, and I know you've been coming on with us, so why don't you think this has come together this season? I, I just still am surprised I was off with my assessment of I thought this roster was good enough to be a playoff team and then, you know, get in there and see what happens because the West is weak. The West is incredibly weak. The East is the powerhouse conference. Why do you think it just really never changed this year, in your opinion?
13: Um, I mean, I would point to probably the major two things would be the offensive output just wasn't there. I mean, like they they, they could not get anything close to what they had in twenty one twenty two from from Matthew Shane and Philip Forsberg. So when you score almost a goal less a game, you're gonna you're not going to be as good of a team. And then the other thing is, I, you know, UC Soros is obviously one of the best goaltenders in the league, but he hasn't been that level all year. I mean, he hasn't been, like, saving them in games, you know, nightly. He certainly has saved them in many games. But, um, you know, last year you had the combination of this incredible offensive team and then also UC Soros being a Vezina, a caliber goalie. Uh, and uh, both of those things are gone. So when you don't have those two things, you, you are terrible on the power play. Uh, the one thing that they fixed, which is odd, is that they're not as heavily penalized a team this year, so they didn't go to the box as much. I think everyone thought that, you know, if they were to reduce the penalties and add some scoring with Nino Niederreiter and add to their defense with Ryan McDonough, boy, who, who knows where this team could go. But, boy, it, it nothing worked. It's just like it, it nothing really pieced together. I think there were lineup decisions that didn't make sense, the Ellie Tolvanen thing. You know, the, the top players, were are good, but not great. Roman Yossi, Philip Forsberg, and uh, the rest of the players just not good enough to, uh, to make a difference.
3: So, Alex, you've covered the team for a long time. David Poyle's been the GM the whole time. I'm sure at some point you thought to yourself, boy, I wonder what a GM search would be like. I wonder what kind of guys it would bring in. I wonder what direction they might go in. It seems like all the speculation all the anything was just taken away. David Poyle's retiring. Barry Trotz is in. Thank you. Any questions? <laughs> what is your <laughs> wh- what is your response to that? Uh, not just about David Poyle stepping down, which would, we all expected over a certain period of time. But how quickly they just moved on to Barry Trotz and basically they did it all internally with no fans jumping in, no media getting a chance to talk about it. It just happened.
13: Yeah, I guess we probably should have seen this coming because um, David Poyle has has, has had the control of this team since day one. And so I I guess we should have known that he was going to have control of it even after he was gone Uh, because uh, that's what happened. I mean, he basically was like, this is going to be my last year. I would like to set up the succession plan. And just like every other year and every other decision that's been made with this team, the owners and Sean Henry were like, okay, you do you. That's fine. You can set it up however you want. You can name your person – everything's all good. You know, it's not like the NFL where you have to have a search and you have to have, you know, there's no Rooney rule or anything like that. So it's like, you got, you, you can, you, you can do whatever you want. I mean, you could just walk up and say, I, I want to make this, you know, this sandwich I ate for lunch, the next GM. And that's, uh, that's what's that's, what's going to run the team now. Uh, <laughs> so, I, I mean, David Poyle getting to do whatever he wants is uh, basically how he wanted to, to, to keep it going. I, I, I'm very curious how much it will change. Uh, you know, is is David Poyle going to be going to have a considerable amount of influence moving forward? I think it seems pretty clear that he will. Probably not a lot. I mean, Barry Trotz is going to do his thing. very Barry, Barry, Barry's already kind of seems to be doing his thing, but David Poyle's never really going to go away. I mean, he's just kind of moving offices. He's not going to be in the office as much. You know, he's not going to be around as much. He can take more vacations, but. I mean, he's going to have some influence in this team until he decides he really doesn't want to anymore. So, yeah, we should have, I guess we should have seen this coming because that's how it's always been. David Boyle has always had some sort of in uh influence on the team.
3: Talk to me about what you perceive to be the difference between hiring uh, a head coach here uh, who has obviously scouted players and, and done that kind of thing. It's not like he's never done that kind of thing ever before. He clearly has and clearly knows tons about hockey and incredibly experienced. But he's not exactly a front office person uh, the way we think about it. So someone like Barry Trotz, obviously a very experienced coach versus someone who have been in a front office in a scouting position, player personnel position, the entire time was never a coach stepping into the, this job. What are the the differences in perspective you think?
13: You know, I think I think Barry has a lot more in um, experience in the front office world than people probably think. Uh, one thing that David Poyle talked about, I know, Darren, you probably you were you were there, you heard this him talk about the early years with Barry. It was just him, David Barry, and, and and a couple scouts, and basically they built a team. You know, I mean, and Barry mm-hmm. Trotz was a big part of that. And so he he talked about how Barry had that experience, and then obviously in the in the in the early years of the team and going through the drafts and all that, uh, Barry was very involved. And I think the, just the length of time that he's been in the league alone would give him a lot of insight. You know, if this was a brand new coach that just steps from coaching to GM, that's one thing. He's also had experience building and, and sort of. Rounding out a Stanley Cup winning team so that's good. But I, I think it's you know it's not unlike you know a, a good actor who, who uh, decides you know what I'd like to be behind the camera and, and direct this direct the next film I do. Uh, sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. So I, I think it's just going to take a while to see. I, I think we'll know pretty soon if uh, if he does know what he's doing, if he's if he's got a good grasp on this, or if he's just uh, throwing darts. Uh, my instinct is that he's going to do a pretty good job it's just, you know, it's going to take a little bit of luck. He's going to have to have some good draft picks land. He's going to have to have some free agents come open at the right time and some good years from players that maybe we don't expect in order to really, you know, make it as a GM.
3: Last but not least for me, I wanted to Talk to you about the kind of coach you think Barry Trotz will look for next if they do not decide to keep John Hines. Obviously, he's uh, still here with the job, and uh, you know he's still under contract and all that kind of great stuff. But all roads point to the fact they may be changing directions as far as a head coach is concerned next year. What kind of person do you think Barry Trotz uh, will go after here? Is somebody already on the staff, somebody already in the building, or, or what?
13: Um, you know, I, I, I think, the, the, first of all, on the Hines thing, I, I, you know, Barry had a response about that and, and said basically you know, he really likes John Hines as a coach. He's going to start evaluating it immediately and evaluating the rest of the year and then on into next year. Hines has one more year in his contract. I don't know. I, I think I think, Hines, I think there's a good chance Hines actually is around next year, uh, especially if they don't really see themselves as a contender. You know, just let him play out his contract and then see, go from there. I don't think that Hein I'm sorry. I don't think Barry would find just a retread, you know, I don't think he would wait till you know, some some other some some other current coach who might get fired like Mike Sullivan with uh, with Pittsburgh. Like if he were to get fired, I don't think Barry would just run to go hire Mike Sullivan. I think Barry would truly evaluate, okay, what what are some good young head coaches that know how to develop young talent and that could take us to the next level? Because there's guys out there that have they can make that jump without having anything under their belt i mean jared bednar was an ahl coach really successful one and then jumped to the colorado avalanche and after a few years he's got them rolling and you know probably going to win at least another cup or two i mean there's, there's other examples of that but he's he's just a really really good one maybe carl taylor is a guy he wants to look at as the, the milwaukee admiral's coach maybe he's like okay it's time for carl taylor to get his moment um, maybe he looks completely somewhere else. Maybe like you know it's a Dallas Eakins in, in in Anaheim, or maybe he, he looks for uh, a, another young coach. Maybe that we don't even we're not even talking about now. So uh, there's a lot of lot of options. I just don't think he would go with someone who's just you know a, a Daryl Sutter type who's just like been around for decades. I think he's just gonna he's gonna try to find someone new.
2: God help us all if it's Daryl Sutter. <laughs> <laughs> some stronger- it looks like he's you know he messed his pants when you look at him a man never Jeez. smiles he never smiles okay. all
3: right then it's
2: difficult to deal yeah, with it, he might it, smile after and, getting and it, a head
3: coach check he might smile
2: well, he's had a head coach check for a long time but okay he yeah, never smiled yeah. and
3: mm-hmm. and that type of that type of coach
13: is going away anyways i mean we know that it, that's that's not how coaches i mean obviously calgary saw something else but the. the that's, that type of coaching style that he has is just not really the way that young kids want to get coached today, and it's going to go away. So I mean, Tortorella, same thing. Like, well, that's right. just, those guys are going away. You've got to find a new young kind of progressive head coach that knows how to teach 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds how to
10: play hockey.
2: If you say so, Alex. Those guys you just named, they've been around the block for a long, long, long time. I think people have been putting them out to pasture for a long time. They keep, <laughs> they keep getting rehired.
13: They, it, yeah, well, I guess I should clarify. They will find jobs. I just don't know that they'll find success. Maybe, I mean, it's been a long time since those guys have won cups, too.
2: Yeah, yeah. It is interesting. Hey, thanks for the visit, as always. Appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk soon.
13: Definitely. Y'all take it easy.
2: All right, this team is about to embark on a lot of road games mm. to start off the month of March. Of course, the building yeah. is yeah. going to be occupied. It's going to be a little busy. By the, uh, by the SEC tournament. They'll be in Florida uh, tomorrow night to take on the Panthers. Florida, Chicago, Vancouver, Arizona, Los Angeles, Kings, Anaheim. Their next home game is March 14th.
3: <laughs> well, you know, you said at least they're hitting a lot of guys in the Western Conference at least. You said the Western Conference is, you know, a little weak there, so, you know.
2: They're going to put some miles. Some opportunity for some Ws there. Put some miles right now on the road. All right, we'll come back. 615 844 5600 wide open the rest of the hour give us a call we'll talk to you whatever you want to get into there's a lot going on it is the month of march it's a great sports month so Mm -hmm. love to talk to you as you listen to the mcfarland show nashville sports radio
7: Hey, you know it's a leap year, right?
5: No, the next leap year isn't until 2024.
7: Nope. It's this year. I can prove it. Here, play this new instant game from the Tennessee Lottery. Uh, okay. <laughs> I won. See what you did there?
5: I
1: jumped up and down?
5: No. That was a leap. Don't miss your chance
1: to jump for joy this February with our newest Instant Games. You could win up to $5 million. The Tennessee Lottery, game-changing fun. Please play responsibly.
9: And now, some big news from WINN. The new February Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery have arrived. Now, for some bigger news, there are four new exciting games to choose from. And now, for our biggest news yet you could win a top prize of $5 million.
1: Make a break for fun today with February Instant Games, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly.
5: At Total Wine & More, save big on what you love this month with hundreds of deals. Get up to 35% off over 100 different wines and spirits, including Cabernet, Sparkling Wine, Single Barrel Bourbon, and so much more. These savings are huge, and even better, they're on top of prices that are already the lowest in town. Deals this good don't last long, so visit Total Wine & More to find yours. Love what you find at the lowest price, only at Total Wine & More.
1: It's a Bill King
12: Show. I just, if Nick coached another seven, eight years, I would not be shocked at all. I wouldn't be. Now, I'm not predicting it because I don't think you can predict that kind of thing. We don't know that.
1: If he coached to 80, I would not be flabbergasted. Weekday mornings beginning at 6 on Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM.
4: The McFarland Show, streaming live on the WNSR app and on WNSR.com. It's
2: a good sports month. College basketball gets in high gear. By the way, if you have not heard, since we've been on the air, or actually right as we came on the air today, mm-hmm. tough news for Tennessee basketball programs. The guy, Sakai Ziegler has a torn ACL in their win over Arkansas last night, so of course his season is over. So tough break for the Vols because he is really their floor general. What does that mean for them moving forward? Plus they have other injuries. Maybe they're going to get some of these guys back, like Key and some of these guys. They need they need other bodies back. Yeah, yeah. Um, Last night was convincing win, but they probably were very motivated playing for Ziegler. You know, how long can they keep that up? How much does this affect them? I don't know. We're about to find out. Yep. Tough news for them, but college basketball is in full swing. You got Vanderbilt at Kentucky tonight at six o'clock. Just heard us talk about the Predators and the trading deadline is going to be on Friday. Mm -hmm. Uh, they fell last night to the Penguins and now they're going to go on the road for a long time. Um, there's a lot going on. You've got the Combine going on in Indianapolis. Yeah, some,
3: some news from that this morning as well as far as uh, the potential number one pick in this uh, NFL draft uh, getting into a little bit of legal trouble uh, there as well, uh, the Jalen Carter situation. Yeah. Isn't
2: it strange that that came out today? <sighs> Isn't that
3: okay. – I mean, that cannot so, be
2: a coincidence.
3: We have long known, or anyone who's really been paying attention – uh, should long know that there have been shenanigans going on around the NFL draft and the combine in regards to players. I think the most notorious one we can all think of was the Larry Tunzel incident where the video of him uh, with a gas mask on, you know, with the with the, the drugs and all that. As the actual draft is happening, this video is circulating. Uh, clearly, somebody was out to hurt him. Sure. And cost him millions of dollars in the process mm-hmm. as he did drop during the draft there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not just that, his head coach suffered. everybody suffered, oh, yeah. because of all of that. And now, you know, you can make the case that the same things happened now with Jalen Carter uh, as this young man was certainly on the on the path to be a top three pick, if not the number one overall pick, depending on how it fell. And now he's involved in the situation here. And he was set to talk to the media today, and now he's not going to talk to the media. Surprise, surprise, uh, because this whole thing is out. Uh, According to all the reports out here, it says that he may have been involved in a a fatal crash involving a racing incident that happened uh, after the national championship game. And he is now going back to Georgia, going back to Athens, where he's going to turn himself in to face misdemeanor charges. Uh, for reckless driving. Um, and that's a problem because again, people have died. Uh, and, and if you're an NFL you know GM, you got I don't know how you don't look at that and go, well, no. maybe we should look more at will Anderson if we don't need a quarterback or you know, maybe we should really trade down. I think it really affects because legit, the Chicago Bears who have the number one pick right now, if they don't get an offer to their liking, they don't. They got Justin Fields. If they want to stay with him, they don't have to pick a quarterback. They could easily pick Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, hundred percent, and have and have all the foundation in the world to do so. These both of them are outstanding defensive players in the SEC. I
2: probably would lean towards Carter a little. bit. I mean, I know a lot Anderson's. Of, you're got not. My,
3: you're not alone with that. A lot I'd of people probably have said that. Lean
2: more towards him.
3: A lot of people have said that.
2: Now, before all this, you know. Yeah. I don't know how much this is going to affect teams. But now, yeah, yeah.
3: but but to your point, let's just say that in the NFL GM world or uh, scout world, that Jalen Carter was looked at as more of the sure thing than Will Anderson. So if that's the case, then number one overall for Jalen Carter may not be that big of a stretch. All of a sudden now, number one overall for Will Anderson might be a bit of a stretch now. So our teams really did make that commitment. or are you willing to trade? It affects a lot there. Um now, who put this out? Why? What's behind all of this? I mean, that's a 30 for 30 episode we haven't seen yet. But it, it, there's a story behind it for sure. And you know, and and this young man and his family and a lot of other teams are all now caught in limbo.
2: And you do wonder,
3: let's just say, in addition of course the victim and their family who died as a result of this whole thing.
2: Yeah.
3: I don't want to miss that.
2: What if he were to slide to 11 well
3: okay so now that's and that's a very different conversation and a conversation that's worth having because we knew the kind of people that john robinson was wanting to bring into the building and there was a certain culture and you know
2: and a certain thing which got muddied over time
3: well because they started needing people over time, and so you started looking at people a different way. Okay, but there were certain people who you just knew were not coming in here, like off off the rip. Does Rand Cawthorn feel that same way? I'm not really sure, and and, and I don't think we really know yet because that conversation really hasn't been had about, and and let's just be honest the the background of him. As a uh, as a GM or front office person hasn't been there before to kind of yeah, call after we don't, after. Know. We don't, don't know. know yeah we don't know I can tell you this he comes from a different culture than John Robinson came from i.e. he played major big time college football you know in the SEC and went on to the NFL I
2: had a cup of coffee in the NFL
3: John Robinson did not do those things correct. The way he understands guys and relates to guys and players and sees them as individuals is going to be, I would imagine, a little differently than the way John Robinson does for that reason. Uh, He can put himself in these guys' place very clearly. Now, is that change as far as what he risks the football team and exposes the football team to? I'm not really sure. But there's no way their perspectives are exactly the same. It's impossible for that to be the case.
2: I'm not saying that this this is a, a position of need when you think about where they need to draft, but if you have a talent like that, I do wonder because sometimes look it happens every year, somebody drop people sure. drop yeah, and people jump off the field injury whatever people jump up in the draft and people fall and actually more people fall than jump up wouldn't you say yes yes right? for whatever reason. Things happen. Like yes. all these guys, you know, all of a sudden you're like, wow, I can't believe that guy. Here we are in the middle of the second round, still not drafted. Yeah. What? What happened? Right. What What's happened? going on with him? Remember at one point, well, I mean. Malik Willis, Willis was there, that guy. There, you just took the words out of my mouth. Malik Willis. Yeah. Malik Willis, There. at this time. There, there were some. It was like. Not, it
3: wasn't everybody. Well, it wasn't everybody. Maybe but it there wasn't were, March. Was, yeah.
2: But don't forget, like this stuff now is this cycle go, You know they've got McShay and they got Kuyper on there all oh, yeah. the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was times when they were like for a good period of time, Malik Willis, first round, first quarterback taken. Hmm. Okay. Come draft. Titans select him in the third round. Yeah. That just uh, again, that just goes to show you. In a lot of cases, I'm not here to start up all that, but look they're just a gauge in reality and they've been doing it for a long time and you look they miss greatly all the time they're just a gauge for the fans it goes to show you so many times they truly have no clue what teams are doing none because they're just a gauge for the fans yeah and it brings awareness to these guys, and you get to learn a little bit more about them and what their skill sets are and what they bring to the table and what they did in college, and that's fine. It that's is. That's good. It is. Right? Because yeah. for people, and there's a whole lot of them, that are into this hardcore, they, they can't get enough of this information. Yeah. But people are going to fall. I don't know how this is going to affect him. And this is probably – they've got a lot of needs they need to address. They do. But you have a guy like that. Yeah. I do wonder, and with us, there's a lot of unknowns, right? As you just mentioned. Rand Carthon. We don't know how he we don't know how he operates. Yeah, we we don't. don't know what is his sweet spot and what is his no 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 no, no yeah. spot. The De Kembe Matumbo. Yeah. No, no, no. We are not taking a guy like that. We don't know what that is. No. No, so we had a good gauge
3: it, with John Robinson after a while, and you know, but but now I'm not sure. And here's the other thing about it uh, about it, Darren, and we've talked about this before, and I still think we're, we're going to live here a little bit here. I think the fan base is not really in the mood for anybody off the clearance rack again, as in you know he had high potential. You know, a top ten talent, and you know something happened—injury off the field—and now back he's dra- he's dropped all the way back here and kind of fell into our laps. Are you talking about
2: Caleb Farley?
3: Caleb Farley and and whoever, well, Jeffrey Simmons was like that. So the, I understand, but that the one polar, worked. Those are the polar opposites right, here. But that this. one worked. Yes, Malik Willis is like that. Malik Willis. Some people had him graded as a first round pick, certainly a second round pick. Um, And he dropped all the way to the third round. But drafting him in the third round felt okay at the time because so many people had him late as a first-round pick. So now you come up with these things like high value. He was a high-value pick, real uh, good upside for the particular draft spot. So it's okay whatever happens here because it's a third-round pick and not a first-round pick. This Whoever this person is out there, I think the fan base and I—I I can't believe I know Mike Vrabel's conscious of it, and the organization as a whole is to be conscious of it. Whoever this is would need to come in and make immediate impact now because this football team is minus first-round impact in so many areas because of just two guys, Caleb Farley and Isaiah Wilson, have given you absolutely nothing as far as on the field mm-hmm. work. First-round picks. For years now. Yes. That is difficult to replace. Mm-hmm. That is very difficult to replace because now there's no depth. There's no depth there at all where you would have first-round talent in here. To It's just not there. So whoever they pick, listen, even even if they have to stretch to get a guy who's maybe 25 or so talent, can he come and start right away? If the answer is yes— i might be more in favor of doing that versus taking a guy who has a lot of upside and intangibles
2: or didn't play last season or didn't play or barely played last season which is another dynamic yes that gms have to deal with right yeah because because of COVID. and because you know these guys sit yeah or if you know they they get injuries and they're just like you know what I'm not. They shut it I'm down. I'm not risking anything. They shut I'm it shut, down. Right. They just shut it down. They,
3: I've got enough on tape. I've got exactly. enough on film. I'll be if fine. If I need to go run at a pro day, just to show them I've got wheels. Yep. That, then I'll do that. That is the new mentality of yeah. today's athlete. Saving my body. Saving. I'll you just know, save it. Not putting myself at risk. I've worked my whole life to get here. I'm here. I'm not screwing it up now.
2: We just don't know how Rand Ran Carthon approaches that. Yeah. Sees that. Some people don't get scared away by that. Don't forget. Jamar Chase was that guy, yep. and that worked out. Yeah, but there's plenty of other examples where it didn't work out. Yeah, well, Caleb Harley was how, how much football he played in the last two years when the Titans drafted him in the first round? Hardly yeah, any. Hardly any. Yeah, between the back and the ACL, hey, I mean, it was right. It was like he he didn't have much football. No, no. And it didn't scare them away. So, what scares him away? What does he What is he not worried about? Jeffrey Simmons there were they but you know they clearly weren't scared away and it worked. And by the way, he's not going to answer the- if you ask him,
3: he's not going to tell you. Those kind of answers only come after a body of work has been established over the draft. You can look and see the kind of people that they do bring in. Then you can try to figure out or who doesn't get cut, which is also an indication of the kind of people that this particular GM likes. Even if they don't see it on the field right away, even if you don't see it in preseason, the fact that X, Y, and Z did not get cut means they see something in them that they, want to, that they hope will blossom later on down the line. But a lot of that is the philosophy of a general manager that we don't know anything about yet. Yep.
2: We'll come back more of the McFarland Show here on this Wednesday, WNSR. The 6th Annual Mid-State Classic is happening on March
4: 15th at the Ridley Sports Complex in Columbia, Tennessee. And this year, it's a doubleheader. For nearly a decade, the City of Columbia Parks and Rec Department has showcased the most highly attended women's college softball matchups in the state. The 6th Annual Mid-State Classic kicks off their doubleheader at 1 p.m. with the Bucks from Motlow State taking on the Chargers of Columbia State. Then at 5.30, the Austin B. Lady Govs battle the Lady Vols of the University of Tennessee. Tickets. To the sixth annual Mid State Classics are only 10 bucks and are on sale now. Motlow State versus Columbia State. Austin P versus Tennessee. Wednesday, March 15th, starting at 1 at the Ridley Sports Complex in Columbia, Tennessee. For tickets and information to the 6th annual Mid-State Classic, log on to ColumbiaTN.com slash Midstate Classic or call 931 388 8119 That's 931 388 8119 The sixth annual Midstate Classic. Woods Equipment Company would like to recognize and salute our veterans and local men and women in uniform. Let's remember them with our thoughts, prayers, and especially letters and packages from home. Our support will keep America strong. A strong, safe community starts with the concerns and involvement of its people. This important message was brought to you by Woods Equipment Company, located at 600 Davidson Street in Nashville. Give Woods Equipment Company a call at 615-256-5639.
12: Today on Hey Culligan, Reverse to Reduce. Here's Bob. Hey Culligan, I love fresh water, but I got plastic bottles coming out Whoa, Bob, you are not kidding about the bottles, but did you know Culligan's reverse osmosis and always-on drinking water systems provide fresh, clean, delicious drinking water and help reduce the equivalent of over 15 billion plastic bottles from landfills worldwide? Holy
13: (laughs) fresh, environmentally friendly drinking water.
12: Am I right? Right, Bob. And we're already on the way. Let us help you out with free in-home water tests from a local Culligan water expert at Culligan.com.
5: They say they'll get your biggest tax refund. Jackson Hewitt says your biggest tax refund guaranteed and a chance to double your tax refund. Thousands in weekly prizes during the double your refund sweepstakes. Your biggest refund times two, twice the money. So forget about them. File your taxes on the double at Jackson Hewitt today. No purchase necessary to enter or win. Open to U.S. residents 18 or older who file a 2022 federal tax return. Promotion ends 4 23 Visit JacksonHewitt.com for rules.
1: This is the Greg Fogue and John Burton Show. The word that was used the most, guys, was collaboration. Carthon said it. Brabel
9: said it. Amy said
11: it. And so... You think
3: they had like little cheat cards I think so, right yeah. in
11: front of them? Look, I'm
9: not here to shake things up. I'm here to learn how the system works. Add what I can add. I want to
1: help Mike. I want to build a team so that Mike can coach it so that we can win. Greg Fogue and News Channel Vibes John Burton. WNSR. Nashville Sports Radio.
4: You're listening to The McFarland Show, live on WNSR Nashville Sports Radio.
3: Welcome back to The McFarland Show, Sports Radio 560, WNSR Nashville Sports Radio. Of course, we're always uh, taking your phone calls and all of that, 615-844-5600. What a catch up with Titans general manager rank athorn he of course is in indianapolis at the nfl combine he took some questions from the media this happened a little bit earlier today
4: Uh, from a team perspective um it's been a smooth transition um a lot of what uh j Rob's system uh is rooted in new england which is a system i came up under in um in atlanta and um so that that part has been good got a lot of good guys in the office um, that kind of help what's up jl <laughs> kind of helps with the with the transition uh, in terms of learning a new city not there yet um, i'll be lying to you if i told you i've done a whole lot literally work go back to my apartment uh, i have gone to a prez game which was really cool um, and i went to a soccer match for the first time on sunday which was also really cool so Looking forward to really getting out in the community, uh, learn the community. I love to eat. A lot of great restaurants, and so I'm looking to uh, hit them all. The dynamic
11: between
3: you and Greg, you go this process of value? All right, well, that is uh, Grant Cawthorn, of course. He is the uh, current general manager of the Tennessee Titans. He was taking questions earlier today uh, there at the Combine in Indianapolis where the Titans and every other team – is uh, scouting players at the annual combine. Uh, Rand Cawthorn only talking about a little bit there about the fact he really hasn't done much. He's got a family that he's just moved to town and uh, just basically living in and out of the apartment and the office at this point as he uh, he just tries to get acclimated. And, you know, one more thing, you know, before we get back to Rand Cawthorn there in the Titans, uh, we're seeing a lot of reports here where Derek Carr, the former quarterback, for the Raiders is in Indianapolis meeting personally yeah, that's correct. with teams. He's met with the Panthers apparently already. And uh we don't mean his agent, we mean him.
2: Don't you think that's weird?
3: It is weird, which is why I'm bringing extremely it up because weird. I haven't heard of that before. I haven't heard a either. free agent to be there at the At the Combine. Who's been there in the league for how long? At least seven, eight years, I think. Oh, yes. You know, and for him to be there personally talking with NFL GMs uh, and scouts, I think, is a highly unusual move. But maybe it's happened way more than we think. Maybe it happens on the low, and we just don't know. We know the agents are there. So, you know, the conversations between GMs and agents are certainly happening. But for the player himself to be there is a little different, so I, I at least wanted to throw that out there as well.
2: he's been in the league nine years yeah said nine seasons yeah this will be ten years in the league yeah and he's walking around the combine interviewing with people i I just think that is bizarre I mean, I don't know I mean I guess maybe that's cool I mean I, I don't know I just.
3: It's a little unusual. Let me just say this. Yeah.
2: And I, I could be wrong. I don't know Derek Carr, but when I first saw this thing, I'll just tell you my initial reaction. It sounds desperate. That's what it sounds. Mm. And I, again, I could be off. Maybe people view this as a really good thing. More people should do this. I don't know. To me, I was like, a guy who's logged nine years as a starting quarterback in the NFL. He's got to go walk around the combines interviewing for his next job. Well, he doesn't have to go. He's choosing well, to know, go. But I know, mean, but I'm saying it's that's when my point is like he's. It seems desperate. It comes off desperate to me. Well, how many people you know would do that? People who are very hungry. Okay. 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 Some people view it desperate. Some people could view it as hungry.
3: Yeah, I don't view it. I mean, listen. Somebody's got to sign him. But if he know. wants so I don't think it's it's desperate but I think he wants to have a a great deal of control about where he wants to be. So when he tells me the fact that he's there means to me there is some place he really wants to go. And maybe he thinks the only place I'm going to end up wherever x marks the spot for him is if I put myself in front of said general manager, said owner, said whoever it is. And
2: make my case to them. Talk to them. Connections. Whatever. And you don't think that comes off desperate? It no. sounds like he wants. If he, you're almost going like he's door to door. Hey, I don't know if come it's like on. that. Let me listen to me. Let's yeah. talk. Let me just tell you how good I am. Let me let me just tell you why I want to be your next quarterback. You don't think that comes off a little desperate? Because if <laughs> they really wanted you, they'd already reached out. Well, yeah, but maybe. And said, "Hey, once you come when we combines over, once you come to our place, we'll we'll take you around, show you the facility. We'll go upstairs in the conference room. We'll talk all day and eat lunch, and you know all that stuff. We'll go out to dinner that night. Well, why would you be doing it in Indianapolis at the combine? Do Do I think it's okay?
3: Let me say. I know it, they have a great steakhouse way.
2: across the street. Say but, it this way.
3: Do I think it's desperate for him to go up there? And go to every team or, sh- or or even 20 teams and say, hey, my name is Derek Carr. I play quarterback. Here's and my I'm, card. And I'm you know, <laughs> interested in joining your organization. Yeah, that might be a little bit desperate. However, if you really, really want to go, let's just say the Jets, which are – He's rumored to have met with three teams, the Jets, the Saints, and the Panthers, and maybe more. But those are the three I'm seeing over and over again. Let's say you really want to play for the Jets. Maybe you really like their wide receiver collection. Maybe you really like their offensive coordinator. Whatever, whatever. And you're saying to yourself, the Jets aren't really looking at me heavily. We've heard the Jets are rather cold on me. No problem. I want to go to the Indianapolis. I want to run across woody you know woody johnson the 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 owner of the jets and i want to put myself in his sight line and have a conversation with them myself because i think me and the jets would be a good fit is that desperate i don't know if that's desperate to me it's just going after what you really want if it's just one particular spot one particular team and if you happen to talk to some other people while you're here that's fine but if you're going after that one thing that one job that one spot that you think is good for you it's worth the trip. Hmm.
2: Uh, that's interesting. It's, it's you're right. I mean, just, we both look at it and view it just differently. Yeah, I that's think it's fine. interesting. that's it's fascinating. I, I think it comes off desperate, but <laughs> <laughs> but I am fa- I am um interested in the topic. I am I'm interested in the subject matter. i when I first saw that and I read it, I was like, really? Yeah. So, all right, we'll come back, wrap up Wednesday's McFarland Show next.
4: Pet Paradise is reminding Americans to show support to the brave men and women of our U.S. military. Their tireless efforts should never go unnoticed. This salute is brought to you by veteran-owned and operated Pet Paradise, Tullahoma's finest for full-service boarding and grooming for 22 years. Located at 201 Sanderson Street in Tullahoma, Pet Paradise is a name you can count on. Give them a call today at 931-454-0999. Pet Paradise, where Gail and the crew are proudly saluting our troops, veterans, and first responders.
8: Hey guys, it's Zach. Gear up for golf at Play It Again Sports in Brentwood and Hendersonville during their March golf sale. Swing in and stock up on their huge selection of new and gently used golf gear and equipment. During their month-long March golf sale, you save 10% on all gently used golf clubs. They have the trained staff to help you find the perfect set of golf clubs, a golf bag, golf balls, or a travel golf carry bag for the upcoming season. And they will also buy the golf gear you're no longer using. That's right, every day, all day, you can get cash on the spot for your underused golf gear. They also buy baseball, lacrosse, football, soccer, disc golf, plate weight, hockey gear, and the treadmill that is transformed into a clothes hanger. If you have gear you no longer use or doesn't fit, trade it in for either cash or for store credit towards your next purchase. And you can trust me, not only am I a spokesperson, but I'm a customer. You can always find me in the golf section over at the Hendersonville store. Check out Play It Against Sports in Brentwood and Hendersonville. Tell them your friend Zach over here at Nashville Sports Radio sent you. Let's Play It Against Sports in Brentwood and
4: Hendersonville. No. Prescription products require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Subscription required.
12: Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same, but is 90% cheaper? And you can get it online? Just go to 4 slash joy. At HIMS, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the biggest brands at 90% off. That's right, get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as brand name Viagra, but 90% cheaper. It's the same medication you get from your doctor, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face to face conversations. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, forhymns.com slash joy. That's forhymns.com slash joy for your free online visit. F O R H I M S dot com slash J O Y. If
4: you need a staycation or planning a trip to Music City, stay at Bento Living Chestnut Hill. Voted the best boutique hotel in the city by the Nashville scene. Bento Living is located on the edge of bustling downtown and boasts on site dining, shopping, live entertainment on the rooftop, and free fitness classes. Come experience Nashville like a local. Visit bentochestnuthill.com to book your Music City
1: vacation today. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. I just saw a
3: picture of Jim McMahon. Jim McMahon's one of those guys that lived hard, okay?
2: I know. Look, I know. I understand. There's some rough, humble miles on that body. Yeah. Some on the field, some off the field. Yeah. Jim McMahon, high mileage. Oh, uh, there's a high mileage. High, high mileage, mileage in That's that dude is not no. highway miles.
1: The McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR.
4: Welcome back to the McFarland Show with Darren and Justin. Give them a call at 615-844-5600.
2: Or don't, because we really don't have time. We're out of time. You can call afternoon stretch. I'll take your call. Come in. Hi, my name is David Carr. Oh, I'm sorry, Derek Carr. See, that's why I'm here at the Combine. Let me introduce myself. Here's my card. I brought some, can, can we set the projector up? I brought some uh, tape of me. Brought Would some
3: you, film. Uh, yeah, yeah. Got some film here.
2: Look at this. Look at this game, huh? Look at me.
3: This is one of my Pro Bowl years here. It's nice.
2: You don't think that's weird? I think it's extremely. I, I think weird. it's
3: unusual. I, you know, but again, how do we know this has not happened several times before? And you know, we just it goes under the radar.
2: This is what I envisioned Derek Carr doing. Let's throw back an old movie, Major League. Okay. I kind of feel like Willie Mays Hayes, you know, like they they put him outside. They played a joke on him or like you're not supposed to be here. And they're running, right? They're doing the running drills and they got the, you know, the gun. And then all of a sudden he gets up and he joins in. Like I feel like Derek Carr is just going to run out on the field and start doing 40 times and just start having people, you know, Look at him and just jump on the drills.
3: You know, so so you're saying he's going to do. Uh, I forget which company did this, but the. Uh uh, there are videos online of guys doing uh, pranks, professional athletes doing pranks. Like Jared Golf. that one time he dressed up like a high schooler and went out there and played with a bunch of high school kids. So all of a sudden, we have a late entry. Well, didn't in- Eli Manning do that? Eli Manning, I think, did do that. So all did. of a sudden, we have a late yeah. entry, everybody, uh, into the draft. Uh, here is uh, this gentleman named uh, Brock. Brock Automobile. Uh, out of <laughs> out of California,
2: he's got to be California or Texas.
3: Yeah, and here he is. Uh, he's gonna throw some balls here for us. Just to see what you think. And it's Derek Carr. Remember when Sports Illustrated did the fake
2: pitcher? And
3: yeah, they wrote it. What was his name? I I forget. But I, I, that's been a little while ago. That has been well.
2: Yeah, that's It's yeah. been, been a while ago. But My just think about is the, that
3: is the Greg Maddox one with Chris Bryant. That that is hilarious.
2: Yeah, that was good. So, I don't know. I just think it's interesting. Uh, But, hey, whatever floats your boat, Derek. Go for it. Indies, like I said, they got a nice steakhouse across the street. All right, that's going to do it for us. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. We look forward to talking to you tomorrow starting at 2 o'clock. Stay tuned. Afternoon Stretch
6: is next.